The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. How are you, sir? This is Peter. Oh. I can't believe I'm talking to you, Dr. A the Great. Oh, I don't know about that. I love listening to you. You have a personality just like my father. I don't think you should feel helpless. You are helpless. Doctor, I really appreciate that. That makes me feel a lot better. You be at peace, or else I'm going to yell at you. Trying to find a reason to speak to you. I think you're the best thing since sliced bread. That Ray, he's something. Thank you so much for what you're doing for all the parents out there. They don't know what I can possibly do. I don't either. I'm getting my money worth, I think, at this phone call. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. I was so confused. I was at the airport recently, and they block off the escalator. Have you noticed that? They block it off. They always put out of order. How can an escalator be out of order? At worst, they should just put stairs. Nice to have you with me. This is The Doctor Is In, co-production. EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and Ave Maria Radio Communications. True privilege to... Boy, that was not pronounced well. True privilege to be with you here. And it really is. You people lift my spirits. I learn a lot from you. I add you to to my book of life conditions and questions and speculations, struggles. And I learn from it. I learn a lot from you. So, you want to help me out? You want to call in with questions about something in your life, some person in your life, circumstances, some thing that is confusing you? Give me a call. 877-573-7825. Now, you don't have to call because of a particular circumstance or person. You can call because you want to make an observation about how to live better. We get a lot of those. Those are very helpful. I've been taking notes on them, too. One of these days, I'm going to have a thousand and one pointers for better living. That'd be nice, huh? First thing, read the Bible. But we'll get to that. Also, if you want to help someone else out, a lot of people will call in They'll describe a scenario, a situation, and then someone else will relatively quickly call. They've either experienced it or they want to let the person know that they're in their corner, praying for them. A lot of, a lot of very nice things going on. Now, I can't prove it, but, you know, you call in to help somebody else out. Let's give you a little bit of an impetus for calling in. And <clears throat> you could take some time off purgatory. Well, we don't know what time is in the afterlife, but let's just talk about things the way we know it here on this temporal existence. Could take some time off purgatory. Yeah, you help somebody else out, of course, a charitable act. That's right. I don't get credit for this. This is not a charitable act on my part. I get paid for it. So as the Lord says, you've already had your recompense. 877-57-EQUAL is the number if you want to talk to Eric Dumont. Our call screamer. He picks up the phone pretty much the same way every time. We got a little script for him. Hello, this is the doctor is in. What is your question for Dr. Ray? But it really isn't a question all the time. A lot of time it's a comment 
or a helpful suggestion. But Eric doesn't say that. He doesn't say, what is your question, comment, or helpful suggestion for Dr. Ray? He thinks that's too long. So he, you could say, Eric, just what are your words for Dr. Ray? That would shorten it up. 877-573-7825. Are you difficult? There are probably those who think you are. And if you think nobody thinks you're difficult, I suppose you could be right. But I wouldn't bet on it. That said, we use the word difficult to describe people that for a wide range of reasons are hard to relate to. They're unpleasant in some way. They're snarky. Opinionated, know-it-alls, braggers, edgy, whole bunch of things. Difficult is a description that's an umbrella. Covers a whole bunch of stuff. It's probably the most common word used during the holidays when relatives or friends are coming from out of town that you don't see much. And you're thinking they're difficult, and I'm going to have a difficult time with them. So I want to give you some uh, some ways to lessen the difficulty. First, recognize that they might think you're difficult. Unfairly so, as we see it, but that's their perception. Obviously, if they're going to be difficult with you, They're not likely to say, I'm really a very, very difficult person, and she's really, really a nice person, but I just do this. No, they're going to view you as somehow, some way hard to relate to, too, more than likely, because one of the characteristics of a difficult person is that they don't realize they're difficult. If they did realize they're difficult, they wouldn't be as difficult, and they're more likely to look at other people as difficult. So, recognize that you could be fairly or unfairly seen by the difficult person as difficult. Got it. Two, difficult is a very broad trait word. By that, I mean it it covers uh, a, a personality characteristic that by implication, the person is that way with everybody. That's probably not true. There are probably people within their social circumstances that don't think they're difficult. You think they're difficult. Let's say, for example, they don't like your religion. So they're edgy and nasty and opinionated about your religion. But it just so happens that the people they hang around with think like they do. So they don't think that that person is difficult. They kind of relate to them. Keep in mind, it's probably more accurate to say they are difficult for me. When we say somebody's difficult or obnoxious or opinionated or unpleasant, that's our experience with them. Keeping in mind that many people might not think that at all. Many people might like them and admire them. So that's another thing to remember. Three, if they say something 
that just is it's just as threatening to go up your spine. Do you have to respond? Can you just look at him like I don't understand what you just said? I don't I don't get it. Give him just a dumb look. I mean, some of us are better at giving dumb looks than others. A guy like me, I, I naturally look dumb. So they can't tell if I'm giving them a dumb look or just, that's my countenance. But a dumb look really speaks volumes. It just says, I, 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 don't, I don't think I understand what you, what you just said. Now, you may full well understand what they just said, but you're not responding. Why? They're only going to be around you for a couple hours on Christmas Eve. You can just you can write out anything they say. Isn't that the truth? All right. Now, also, um, <clears throat> recognize that if someone is difficult for you and the time you have to be around them is set. In other words, it's not unending. It's a, it's a three-hour get-together on Christmas afternoon. Three hours. You can pretty much tolerate anybody for three hours, can't you? Don't provoke them. Don't throw in a few jabs. And recognize this. You're stuck, as I, as I am stuck. Because if we proclaim that we're Christians, then we have to operate out of that set of principles. Which means we can't go at them the same way they might go at us. We can't fire back a shot after they just fired a shot at us. Verbally speaking, that is. Come on. They may or may not be Christians. Well, they proclaim that they are. Well, if they don't live that particular aspect of Christianity around you, that doesn't mean you cannot live that particular aspect of Christianity around them. Don't play by the same rules. They're going to be quote-unquote, difficult, don't be difficult back. You operate out of a completely different set of principles given to you by the Savior who was born on the day that you are celebrating and them at your house or you're at their house and you have to just swallow a lot of their words. And you're getting a belly full. But you're not going to add fuel to it. Difficult is a trait word. Could mean a lot of things. You ask a hundred people what it means, and they'll all give you different definitions. The key is, how are they difficult around you? What is it that makes them difficult around you? You don't want it to be you. You want to make sure that if they're going to be difficult for that four hours that you're around them, it's because that's how they're acting and not because you're pushing back on them or worse, provoking them. If you do all this stuff, they probably won't behave quite as difficultly as you were primed to expect from past experience. 877-573-7825 is the number. 877-57-EQUAL. Dr. Ray. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? 
In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists, and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. Isn't it awesome that we today do not recognize his presence in the Eucharist? Is it because we really don't go to him in humbleness of heart and say, Lord, I don't believe. Help my unbelief. Lord, I want to see you. I want to recognize you. I cannot live without you. Are we saying that? EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Get all uh, very excited there because there's a lot, a lot of great questions up there, and I want to get to all of them. And I, I thank you beforehand for your patience, David from Ohio. Before I uh, say anything to David, back when I wrote my first book, I was a little nervous. The book was titled "You're a Better Parent Than You Think." At that time, I did not have any children, and one of the more <clears throat> common objections someone could have, although I didn't get it because I was complimenting them. I was saying, you're a better parent than you think. I wasn't saying, I'm right, you're wrong, or I have better ideas than you do. But at that time, I didn't have any children. And I remember once being on a talk show where somebody said, do you have any children? I also had another book called Advice Worth Ignoring, which is going to be re-released, re-evaluated, and the title is going to be changed. And in the beginning of the book, I talk about the whole idea of if you have not walked directly in another person's shoes regarding whatever circumstances they find themselves in, they can easily look at you and say, be quiet. I don't want to hear it. You don't know what you're talking about because you haven't lived it. Well, David is experiencing that. Hi, David. How are you? Hello. I'm going to try and make this uh, a brief summary in a minute or less, because I know the time is precious on air. But um, essentially, a friend of mine in 2020 died, and I've been trying to help his 
son who's autistic. I'm autistic as well, um, which is a challenge because his older brother doesn't like having me around because of personality quirks. And his mother is not willing to say, gee, um, you know, uh, if you don't like him, you don't have to be around, but he's our friend and you'll be polite to him. She's afraid of causing division. And I tried to bring up things I heard in my marriage and family class, even when my friend was still alive, I brought it up and I got that response. You were just talking about you. You're not a, you're not a family man. You don't know what you're talking about. I brought up you and they said they called in one time and what, and uh, their oldest son found other ways to torture them and it didn't work. And so it's like, well, if I don't have the experience, but Dr. Ray does, and you won't listen to either of us, you know. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. I've got a theology degree, but that's irrelevant, apparently. And yet I can't help his son, his autistic son, because having me over there causes conflict. So I don't know what to do about the situation, but it really bothers me because I'm the first one to say, you know, I was over-disciplined as a child. To put this politely and without bad-mouthing too much, my father, you know, was thanking me when I was 16. I don't, I don't, I still think... David, they don't want to hear what you have to say, do they? No, they don't. Well, then that's a lesson for you. Don't say it. Why do you keep so saying how, it so when I, they don't... How do, I wh- help, how do I help his son? You don't. With a friend of mine. You don't. You just be a friend to him and quit giving advice. You can be a friend without giving advice. You can wait to be asked. One of the reasons people say, well, do you have children, David? Then what do you know? Is because they don't want to hear what you have to say. I've never, ever had anybody reject my advice when my advice was something they wanted to hear. If it wasn't something they wanted to hear, Then, depending upon the person, they could say, well, have you ever, and that's their way to invalidate you, which is one of the dumbest things you can say to anyone, because a priest could never give marriage advice. A priest could never give family guidance. A priest couldn't, because they haven't experienced it directly. They don't need that. You can have wisdom and common sense and understanding without having to go through the exact struggle that somebody else is going through. That makes no sense whatsoever. But it is a common defense mechanism that people have. So I guess what I would say to you, David, they don't want to hear it, don't say it. You want to help them? To the degree that you are allowed to be a friend, be a friend. Otherwise, they've told you. So there you have it. Don't drive yourself crazy over that, David. Do not. Do not. All righty. We're going to go to uh, Jenny from Kentucky. Uh, follow up on a call from yesterday. Oh, yeah. It's one of these uh, difficult family situations, especially on the holidays. Hey, Jenny. Hey, Dr. Ray. How are you? Uh, nothing gaining on me. Okay, good. <laughs> Um, of course, I can't yeah, run as so, fast as I used to, so it could be gaining and I don't realize it. It's probably true. I'm sitting in my car. I'm from Kentucky, but I'm driving in Ohio, so it's a little bit noisy, but it's 
Uh, I, I can mostly hear you. So I've been wanting to ask you about this for such a long time. And a lot of times your answers to other people answer my questions. And what you just said to David was super helpful, too. We just have a lot of uh, differences. I feel like my niece and nephew and other nieces and nephews, but especially the two who are cousins with each other, have let social media influence their uh, behavior, thoughts, decisions. Like, we we just don't even think on the same level. And I've seen that their mothers, who are both my sisters-in-law, instead of feeling safe to, like, find someone to guide them, maybe a good Catholic counselor like yourself, they have just said, oh, you're, they just validate everything. Like, you're right, you're right. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to call you by the right pronoun. And, um, I, you know, it's my fault, I'm sorry. And so then, guess who's Are they being sarcastic? Uh, Are they being sarcastic? No, no, no. My, my nephew is now, um, he's moved to California and had his surgery and his hormone blockers and I'm not supposed to call him by his pronouns or his name. Um, he has a new name. He's changed it a couple of times. And then my niece, um, his cousin, is kind of sort of going in the same direction. Like, just idealistically, she's trying to follow that path just out of, like, solidarity or something. She thinks that's what compassion is and that people like me are just so uncompassionate. So at the holidays, I heard somebody else, I didn't hear the whole question yesterday, but I heard part of the question and part of your answer, and it was really beautiful and helpful. Um, you sure it was this, are you family. sure it was this show? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Positive. Yeah. I don't remember his name. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think something about him just not going to a family gathering. Well, I'm having, I'm hosting the family gathering this week, uh, next weekend, but I kind of feel like maybe it should be our last one. Um, Avoid the I'm topic, for my Jenny. Father-in-law. Avoid the well, topic. So yeah. So I'm always getting upset because the last time at Thanksgiving, I heard a discussion about reincarnation and why that's why you change genders is when you become. And then my whole, I'm just like, my brain and my heart are exploding because I want to explain, you know. Yeah. That like they're going to accept your you explanation. Right. So I was told in confession over the weekend that I just need to leave the room. Like, don't even engage. And I wasn't sure if that was true. You know, it's... Well, you've had enough experience to know that when you attempt to engage, they don't say, I I never thought about that, Aunt Jenny. That's a very good point. Thank you for bringing it up. I most certainly will explore that. Yeah, right. Has that happened ever? Right, and I was shocked to see that they were trying to convert me to their ideologies, which I was not expecting. Of course. Because they're, they're trained. I mean, they're... If you, yeah. if you want to engage, get them to explain their position. Don't challenge yeah. it. Just say, so how did you decide that you uh-huh. are not a female? Well, this is, the, this is my sense. It's what I have in my mind. Okay, um, so that means that all the cells in your body are not female? Well, they can yeah. be whatever they want, but my mind is what decided. All right, well, what do you think it'll all lead to? 
I'll be happier. I'll be much more pleasant because I will be in sync. My mind will be in sync with my body. And it, sometimes when you just explore why somebody thinks the way they do, they find they can't really put the pieces together. And later on, they think about, I didn't have very good answers. Or yeah. sometimes they get incredibly defensive. And as soon as that starts to happen, they're not giving you, they're not giving you feedback now. Now they're just, they're just wanting to fight. So you pull out as quick as you can. They know, Jenny, well, the, you're the weirdo religious one. That's the yeah. way it is. You're Which the, you're, they used to kind of be until they rejected it. Yeah, they decided that, like you well, said, it doesn't fit what let, they let's think. Just, so. Let's just hope that they find peace somehow as they come back to the way they used to accept things. God bless you, Jenny. Don't get in any fights with them. Don't do it. with Teresa Tomio. So when you see these different media outlets working directly in conjunction or conclusion with the government to suppress stories, what does that say to us about the reliability or lack thereof of the secular media? And then this is combined with a report that came out, a survey that was done on media executives. They interviewed 75 media leaders around the country and they're saying we're done with objectivity. Well, that's not exactly a news flash. But the fact that they're claiming that objectivity is just no longer necessary and we are elitists, we know better, and this is what we're going to do, is frightening. And this is one of the reasons that we stress the importance of having outlets such as The Register and EW10 News Nightly and The World Over and Catholic News Agency and EW10 News In Depth. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Where is prayer revealed in the Bible? The Catholic Catechism says it comes between the fall and the restoration of man, between God's sorrowful call to our first parents, where are you, what have you done, and the coming of his only son into the world. Lo, I have come to do your will, says the Lord. Prayer is intertwined with human history. Beginning with Abraham, the Catechism asserts, prayer is first revealed in the Old Testament. God calls Abraham in old age to leave Haran and travel to the land of Canaan, and Abraham, in faith, leaves the land of his ancestors. Then Abraham extends generous hospitality during a remarkable encounter with God which foreshadows the Annunciation of Christ, the Son of the Promise. Finally, Abraham offers his only son Isaac in sacrifice, and God, who will not spare his only son, spares Abraham's. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. At this point, we plan to head down to EWTN mid-January to tape four episodes of the uh, Living Right with Dr. Ray TV show down there in the EWTN studios. So if you want to visit EWTN and be part of the show, go to EWTN.com forward slash Dr. Ray Live, D-R Ray Live. 
sign up. A lot of space is still open. I know maybe it's because of the holidays people aren't thinking about this, but uh, we sure would like to have a very nice audience for those four shows. So, EWTN.com forward slash D-R-R-A-Y live. And you can sign up for one, two, three, four. Anonymous female calling from Ohio. Not really sure exactly how she's involved in all this. How how are you, caller? Hi. Is this are you am I in with you, Dr. Grundy, right now? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um I'm trying to hide my phone because I had to start driving. I was wondering. Um I have I am a committed Christian, and I've been a committed Christian for 43 years, but I came on some hard times. I don't want to give too much information away on the phone, Um, I mean, on the radio. Um, I'm homeless, and I've been homeless for four and a half years. Um, it had a lot, to, well, there was a lot of circumstances, but I don't want to tell you what they are. Where do you live? Uh, well, I don't live anywhere because I'm homeless, but I'm in a I hotel. mean, but what I mean by that is where do you stay? Uh, well, I'm in a hotel in, in a Cleveland suburb. You have and money to I, afford that? So, well, I have a retirement check every month. And I had some, a little bit of savings when this happened, but now at four and a, the point of four and a half years, um, I've been very sick and I, I need surgery. I have a bad injury that needs surgery and I was turned away. They wouldn't do surgery on me because I don't have any place to, to live. And they said they, they can't do surgery because I have to have a place to recuperate, you know, in a home. And I'm just wondering if you could put out without, I mean, if I gave you my number and my name when I'm not on air, anybody in this area would be willing to take me in and I would give you all my pertinent information so that they would know that they're not dealing with some nutcase. Um, I I thought things were going to get better and then I I almost died. I, I got COVID and... It got worse, of course. Things just got worse, and it took me three months to recover. And um, I can't and give I, out your name. No, and no, I can't I, give out I your can't. number. But what I can no, I, do is I'm, I'm perplexed because I would imagine at some point in the last four and a half years, have you had contact with, for example, social services, people who would be involved in any of the shelters? or any of the food banks, or any place like that. They oftentimes have pro bono social services or lawyers. Have you had any contact with anybody like that? Absolutely. I lived in shelters, and I had my life threatened. And I also experienced reverse racism, if you can imagine what I'm saying. I've been backed against the law. Are you, are you of- saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hurry you along because I don't want you to get cut off by the break. Are you saying that you will no longer go to a shelter and seek social services? Right, because I have to have surgery, and they will not do it unless I have a home to live in. 
Well, if if you if you are seeking social services, could be a person there to help you find a place that is within your means somehow, some way. Uh, I know that would be very difficult. That would be within your means, so that I, I got to believe you would be eligible for Medicaid. I am on Medicaid, but I'm saying I have to have surgery where it's going to take three to six months to recuperate, and I can't live by myself. Okay. I, I got to confess here, caller. I've got to confess. I am not in a position to be able to step in and guide you on this. The one thing I can say is there are services. There's job and family services. There, there are some you might want to call the info line. There are every every county has an information helpline. If you call them, you can look it up. I don't know what it's called in Cuyahoga County. It was info line in Summit County. If you call them, tell them your situation, and say this is what's going on. Direct me to the right place. They can do that. They can give you one, two, three, four places that you can explore. You obviously have a car, and you can afford a hotel. So so somehow, some way, they may be able to get you housing that is certainly cheaper than a hotel. I mean, even if you're getting that hotel at 40 bucks a night, you're still paying 1000 a month for a hotel. So, so given that, I'm assuming you're on food stamps. I'm assuming you're getting some government subsistence. Is that true? Yeah, Dr. Grundy, that's okay. I I don't I don't think you can hear me and I'm having a bad connection with you. All I can say is I've called all those numbers. I've lived in the shelters. I've had my life threatened. I've called two one one. The thing with the with the doctors are telling me is I cannot I have to be living in a home where someone will be able to take care of me. Well that's I your call- first step then. Your first step is to try to find a place to stay. I. It could be a group home. It could be some place. If you're eligible, if you have a certain diagnosis, or in fact uh, you have a history where you can get into some kind of placement where they will in fact be able to take care of you so that you can get that surgery, that's what I would suggest. From, from, from this perspective, I don't even know exactly. I'd need to know a bazillion details on your circumstances. But the one thing I can say, and I'm, I'm going to tell you to do it, and if you say, I don't want to do it, there isn't anything I can do about it, call the local helpline, explain to them what you're dealing with, explain the complications, explain your history, and then tell them, I need direction. I need this surgery. They may say, we can get you hooked up with a medical clinic that can give you guidance on this surgery so that you don't get it through Cleveland Clinic. You have options, but what I'm hearing you saying is, I don't want to try any of those options because I've tried them before and they didn't work out. That doesn't mean that there aren't other things there available for you. Obviously, you've got resources because you're somehow managing to live in a hotel it's very expensive. That'd be my suggestion. God, God be with you.
Living the Beatitudes with Father Bjorn. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. This strange beatitude reminds us that Jesus is challenging us with his ways to heaven on a new exodus. We're leaving behind the Egypt of this world to find the eternal paradise of heaven. When we tend to think of happiness, we tend to think of it in a self-centered way, a possession of a temporary good or passing fancy. But Jesus is calling us into eternal happiness. And actually, morality is a search for happiness, says Dominican priest surveys pink hairs. We're looking to be happy, and a lot of times we end up at dead-end roads that don't lead us to where we want to go. How can we be blessed when we mourn? In sorrow and difficulty, hardship and cross, we are called closer to Jesus. It's God's fingerprint in our heart reminding us that we're made for eternal happiness. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. For more about the Beatitudes, visit EWTNRC.com. Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo. In the midst of our culture today, in this age of relativism, which wants to grant Jesus some significance, but not so much, so we'll give him wise man, great leader, inspiring preacher, great teacher, prophet. You don't get that option when you claim to be God. What reasons do we have to believe that he is who he said he is? And it's important, again, to employ the use of our reason and to understand that faith is not blind. My faith, and please God, the faith of everyone here, is not blind. It rests on something. It rests on a number of things, not least of which is my own experience of God, but it also has something substantial which can be claimed through history. We're not talking about a galaxy long, long ago, far, far away when we talk about Jesus. We're talking about a precise moment in history which has been testified to by countless testimonies, and you and I have access to them. Dr. Rigorini, thanks for joining me here on The Doctor Is In. Appreciate your calls. Ashley from Portland, Oregon. Hi, Ashley. Hi there. Been married 15 years and your husband said, I want out. Well, he says he wants the divorce from the marriage, but not me. What does that he mean? He will still love me, and he still wants to be with me. Um, we have three kids, um, and I just don't know how to accept that or how to feel about the statement. So he he essentially is saying, "I I really don't want the obligations of being married." I guess so. Uh, I think a lot of influence from society and what he calls his chosen friends um, has caused this, but it could just be him. Well, obviously, at some level, Ashley, it is him because he's allowing himself to be influenced by his buddies that are single and wild and carefree or whom he tells how awful you are to live with and they're saying don't put up with her get out of there but i still love her so he's trying to i I mean i don't know i'm wildly speculating no no you 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 you, you've got it right so if 
you say, well, I'm I'm not going to agree to the divorce. What would he do? Mm, I'm not really for sure. But I know I know I don't want I don't want to stay living with him and being with him if he wants a divorce from the marriage. It just seems wrong. Well, he's he's basically saying um I I want to be civilly divorced, but I want to live with you. That's what he's saying. Are you both Catholics and married in the church? No, I I go to church. He does not go to church. You Me weren't even children. So you weren't even married in the Catholic Church. No, not the Catholic Church. I no. see. Are you Catholic? No, I am not Catholic. Okay. So your particular faith tradition would view a civil divorce as ending the marriage, correct? Yes. I see. See, just as an aside, if you were... Is that wrong of me to think? Well, no, but if you were Catholic, the Church would say, whether you get a civil divorce or not, you are still married in the eyes of a Church, so that your husband being with you, and you'd you'd have to get some good guidance on this from the priest, your husband being with you, whether he thinks you're not married or not, you are married. Now, most other non-Catholic traditions would accept divorce. They don't like it. They say God hates it, but they accept it. So mm-hmm. if he says, I'm, I, I just, here's, what I, here's what I want here, Ashley. I, I really want to get rid of this marriage obligation, this kind of legal commitment here. And, but yet, but yet, but yet, I still like the kids and I still like you. And so I can live in the house, but it's not the same binding thing, you know? Now, is that the message? Pretty much. Well, you can tell him that I don't accept that message. You okay. can tell him that it, that's not an option. You can say, that's not possible. If you follow through on a divorce, which I don't want, and I'm not going to help you out with it, then you can't live here. You could say that. Yes. Now, the other thing I think you might want to bring up to him, and I'm not sure exactly if there's any financial repercussions in his mind, but... For example, I don't know what child support would be for your three kids, how much it would be. I don't know what kind of visitation he would get. Uh, All of that's up in the air, and it may be that he's trying to... Maybe he's talked with some of his buddies who who think they're quasi-lawyers and are saying, well, here's what you do. This way you can avoid child support, and you can avoid all the visitation complications, and this way, if you want to go out on Saturdays on the, on the weekends, and it's, your, and it's your time to go out, and you want to go out and do this activity for two days, but, oh, wait, you got to watch the kids. Well, okay. I don't know if he's being told that. Do you? I can see it being true. Okay. Boy, I hate when I'm right about bad stuff. I can make you cynical after a while. i got to watch it. So... Given that I am not, I, I I feel I am not a bad person for not wanting that situation. Right? Like it just seems wrong to me. It's very understandable, and it's it to okay. me. It's much more understandable given 
the religious belief system that you adhere to. Uh, I mean, if you talk to your pastor, he's probably going to tell you that if you divorce, you would now be living together out of marriage. Yes. So, so given that, uh, from your moral tradition, you're saying that no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna live with you after a divorce. That's not gonna happen. You could tell him that. Yes. And I'm wondering if, if, and I'm just, I'm hoping for you that when he doesn't have the option of a divorce, but I want to hang around anyway, he'll back off and say, well, all right, I'll, I'll try to make it work, or we'll try to make it work, or we'll go get counseling, or we'll do what we need to do because uh, you've taken away the option I wanted. I think he was hoping you'd accept that. Yes. So. Okay. All righty. Good, good luck to you, Danny. You so i got to tell you, you're, you're an unusual case. I mean, of the, of the hundreds and hundreds of marriages that have come across my path where they are separating and breaking up and divorcing, yours is an unusual one where he says, yeah, I want a divorce, but I still want to live here and carry on as though I'm part of this relationship. I, I yeah. really would be fascinated to know his motives on this. You might explore that. Tell him, what's your motive? Okay. Why? Why are you looking at this option? What is it? And I, okay. you got to watch because he'll he'll probably not want to tell you everything. He 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 most of the time doesn't. All right. Well, good luck to you, Ashley. God bless Thank you. you. So be, much. Be, you're you welcome. Be strong. Be strong. Thank you. This is Dr. Ray. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health-sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. In a Facebook world, we can multiply virtual friends. And yet psychologists and sociologists tell us we have fewer and fewer actual friends. This is not good. We're made for friendship. Friendship with God, first of all. But secondarily, friendship with other human beings. Jesus calls his apostles friends. And when he faces his greatest suffering, he asks his inner circle of friends to come and pray with him in the Garden of Gethsemane. They come, but they fall asleep. Jesus isn't crushed when his friends fail to live up to his expectations. He doesn't withhold his love from them. He doesn't cast them away. Nor does he suffer their neglect silently. He confronts them. Couldn't you have prayed with me for an hour? Then he moves on to do the will of his Father in heaven. When friends let us down, as they will, we should follow the example of Jesus, lovingly confront them, but remember that they can never substitute for God, who stands ready as our ultimate friend. Cresta in the Afternoon weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists, and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org a rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org.
Thank you so very much. This is Dr. Ray Green. Let's go to Angel from Harrisville, Ohio. She did call yesterday. I asked her to call back. She had a number of very serious fractures from a car accident. And I had talked to her a little bit, but we bumped up against the end of the program. Angel, are you there? Yeah. Hey, Dr. Ray, I'm here. You think Thank it's you. Uh, some of the reason is that the people that uh, are retreating from you either are not comfortable with your circumstances, don't know what to say, are afraid you're going to complain, it brings them down. What do you think their motive is? I, I, I don't have people retreating from me. I'm retreating from them. It's the opposite. Why are you doing um, that? You don't have to do that, you know. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm some, some sort of distancing going on, and it's like I, like the way I think is just different. It's, I don't know if the shock, the shock of the hit or what, but I don't. Nothing, nothing's bothering me as much as it used to. In fact, everything is very intense. But I'm also like I don't know if I'm going to be involved in this and that. I, I'm getting a sort of an attitude, I guess. But I, it's it's. It's related to how I feel. I just feel distant. I don't know. And when I wake up in the morning, it's really strong. I don't know what it is. Maybe easier to feel distant because you feel crappy. When you don't feel good, <laughs> when you're hurting and you're in pain, that That's is uh, prominent in your mind. And your attitude is, I don't want to add any more demands to my existence. That's it. Mm-hmm. That is it. So you don't, you you don't have to follow that. You can say to yourself, "Who would be the easier people mm-hmm. that I can have contacts with?" You don't have to go after the difficult ones, but go after the easier ones and say, "I'll tell you what, I'm going to call them. I'll just call one." You make yourself okay. do something you don't want to do because oh, you know it's yeah. good for you. So many people, Angel. If they don't feel like doing something, they don't do it. Whether it's good for them, whether it'll help them in the long run, whatever it is, if they don't feel like it, they're not going to do it, which is really a dumb way to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of times we got to do things that we know would be good for us intellectually. You know it would be good for you to reach out a little more, but you yeah. don't because you don't feel like it. Well, right. If you do that, then you're just going to continue to feel the same way. This is so awful. I feel like an alien. I've never felt so weird. And I, mm, I'm you never got you never got that banged up either. <laughs> true. I think I can't believe I'm still alive. That's what it is. So well, I, I would feel really dumb if you weren't alive, and I'd wonder who I was talking to. I'd say, "Who is this? There's nobody on the line." <laughs> Yeah. Thank you, so I'm glad you're alive. I'm glad I am. It only hurts when you laugh, right? <laughs> oh my gosh! And don't get a cough. Don't cough. <laughs> the ribs, ram, and you cough. It's it's like, oh no, I'm going to cough. Dear God, stop the cough, please. Well, I'm glad you're still with us, Angel. And uh, I'm sure many times you've thanked God, hey, for bailing me out. And now your part of the bargain is to re orient yourself towards being his okay. disciple again not simply okay. crawling into a little circle don't let anybody in i'm not sure that's what he'd want you to do all right 
Thank All you right, for making Chris sense. Thank Thanks. you for helping me. All righty. I Bye. appreciate this. Okay. Thank you, doctor. Bye. Do you know what I just did? I said, I said, all right, dear. And it just came out, right? It just was kind of a simple. Well, I got an email yesterday where some, some guy wrote me and he said, cut it out. That's just creepy. And I thought to myself, well, maybe it's creepy to you. Isn't it, isn't it funny how people say, don't do this. Because this is how I react. You ever notice that? I have to do a monologue about that sometime. Which is what you're doing is wrong because I don't like it. What you're doing is wrong because I'm uncomfortable about it. And that's a dominant mindset in our culture now. Never before. Anne has been very patient. She did email me. Uh, Anne, I'm going to probably shortchange you here. She wants to talk about her adult son who is addicted at some level. Hi, Ann. Hello, Ann. Are you there, dear? Oh, sorry, I said dear again. Sorry about that. Are you there, person? Ann? Yes, I am. There you go. Hi, Dr. Thank Case. Thanks for taking my call. You didn't get mad at me when I said, are you there, dear, did you? No, I did not. Good. I like that. So how old is this adult son? He's in his 30s. Oh, does he live with you? No, he does not. Oh, so you're trying to talk. You want to talk sense into him. Trying. We have (laughs) tried. We have met with him. Um, But I think he knows that he needs to get help. But I don't know what it is about going to group sessions. He did try AA at one time. Um, Doesn't think it's working or it's going to work for him. It's not for him. What's he addicted to, uh, Ann? Um, he has alcohol problems. And Most, mostly I alcohol? Believe, I believe it tends to lead to other things because when my understanding is when he starts, he doesn't know when to stop and then become inebriated, inebriated that way he will most likely move on to other things. Mm-hmm. I would so imagine I if he's in his to, 30s... I don't know if, how to... Well, if he's in his 30s... Is it safe to say that you have tried in so many ways, dozens and dozens of times, to to guide him? I, I would say so. I mean, so we, so we you think there's this, as, you think as, there's something you've missed if you if you would just that, find I think, it. I, well, I kind of wonder if we as parents may have screwed up somewhere along the line that there was something. Um, I will tell you that he did not grow up with his paternal dad. Um, he has a stepdad who has been his dad ever since he was in his... And I, I hate to do this. You're going to have to call me back. I just yeah. got the word I have 30 seconds. Please call me back because I really want to lift that stone off your shoulder that, oh boy, it's our fault. This is the way this kid is and we must have somehow messed up somewhere along the line. I think that's what's getting to you, just reading between the lines. So please call me back. This is Dr. Ray. I got to run. Thank you so much for joining me. Walk with God. The best walk. For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook and Instagram. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.